Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome guys to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Uh, a little bit of a different tack this week, guys. I'm um, going to steer away from the heavy metal uh, genre. Uh, not for long, just this episode. Uh, so I don't get panicky going, I just need to listen to metal. Um, this is going to be, I'm sure that most of you will get something out of this. So um, this week's episode is about, as you would have seen in their title, about uh, punk. Uh, punk US and UK or UK and US the differences um, why it's important uh, why it no longer exists I don't think um, and uh, why I love it so firstly um, let's get into the 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 history of the genre so uh, it I mean even died in the walled uh, Englishman like me uh, who uh, you know is fervently British uh, will tell you, oh, punk started in the UK. Well, clearly it did not. Um, it as a movement, um, so musically and sonically, uh, at first anyway, um, it starts in New York in and around seventy four, seventy five, uh, when the uh, in seventy five the Dictators released Go Go Crazy. Uh, 74 in fact um, and that has the sort of musical progenitory of of, of the punk sound you hear or you that we are more aware of now um, you know and then of course you've got the New York Dolls um, and you've got the MC5 um, of course MC5 are very very important because they sort of add the where the American punk scene was mainly um, a Bed up, drug infueled bastardization of rock and roll, uh, which is I love. I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, the MC5 added that uh, little bit of little bit of uh, sort of naughtiness uh, in respect that the CIA were always on their case. Um, they were on their black list. I mean, they, you know, when you you don't release a song in the sixties. Uh, with the lyric "kick out the jams, motherfuckers," and especially in America, uh, and not get eyebrows raised. 
which clearly they did. Um, I, used to, uh, I used to hang around with a punk band in the UK called Ruptured Dog. Um, hi, Tony, if you're listening. Um, I doubt you are. Um, and he, um, they had a track, they had a song called uh, We All Love the M- Motor City 5, which is what the MC5 is. And my God, you know what? I, that's where I got into them because I was like, oh, who's the MC5? Um, and I put it on and I could really see where it came from. Excuse me, put my tea down. Um, it, so it was that. So the uh, the New York scene, um, it was very small. It was confined to like one or two clubs in the in the US, mainly uh, the CBGBs or uh, I think it, that's um, Country Bluegrass Country Bluegrass Blues uh, in New York, uh, and all the bands of that particular era were playing there. You know, um, Television, Blondie, New York Dolls, um, the Ramones. Uh, I will get onto the Ramones in a second. I, I um, uh, they were all playing this. You know, hyper fast, sped up, um, Chuck Berry um, bastardizations, and um, throwing shapes all over the stage. Um, you know. Usually, unfortunately, and very sadly, because it did infect the British scene as well, it was heroin-based. Um, so they were all taking this drug that um, is, uh, as John Lydon put it, um, uh, a blot on humanity. And um, it sort of it it created that speed, you know, of what of which sort of punk is sort of really known for. Um, but it was very. Uh, you you had two schools of that punk in America. You had your, yeah, I said your Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. You had your New York Dolls, um, which were the fast, speedy, did dictators, things like that. The Ramones, and then you had your art house like Television and Blondie, okay, and Talking Heads. Uh, they were sort of your. They were your the art scene part of it, which does mirror the UK very aptly I think to some extent now the reason I think that um, that the pardon me that the that the they are so different as seen is the historical backgrounds of which they come from so if you think um, the New York okay so America in the 70s um, it was they'd come out from a war they'd had the swinging 60s with hippies um and let's be honest i'm I'm disrespect hippies out there but they didn't do anything um just sat in fields smoking dope and looking at flowers all right they made some good music um and i'm gonna put that in brackets they made some good music um and the the problem with that is is that the the, chill, the the kids that are making that music uh, or, or coming up and listening to that music that's coming through again this is mirrors of the UK very aptly um, they were bored of that you know um, hey man just sit back zone out warp out all that kind of crap um, and so they wanted excitement they wanted the excitement that their fathers uh, and sadly a lot of them um war veterans um you know vietnam uh korea 
um, you know, oh, actually, Americans are in Korea. Sorry, uh, for Second World War. Um, anyway, they're you know, the, and also this sort of scared of communism and this sort of tight sort of you know a collegiate system at the uni in the colleges of all the shortcut hair and the, the the varsity jackets and the you know the going to the bop and the hop and the all that sort of stuff very clean very um nice and i think that the the americans those scenes particularly the new york scene were fighting against that they lived in a dirty hard fought metrop metropolitan city that um, and you know a lot of them had no money just like the UK scene uh, and they were just trying to make um, exciting music that ref that was all as exciting as they felt when they took the drugs that they took and I'm not condoning that um, by any means I'm just, that's how they would I'm sure would have felt for them um, and so it, but they were not it, it is the, the reason the American punk scene I think sort of morphed into hardcore and and uh and so that stuff is because they didn't they didn't have the history um that the uh the english didn't also it didn't take off it literally was one you know you may have some in detroit there might be a couple of a band here or there that would travel to new york see the band a couple of bands up the ramones on tour maybe and try to replicate them but it wasn't uh it didn't take off it wasn't like wildfire it was conversely in the uk um sort of in 1975 to 76 um you, you, the, you the england had, had, has come out of a war like the rest of the world um it got into its a very dour 50s because we still had we still had um uh, rationing now for you Americans that don't know what that is or people around the world it you get a little book and the government gives you a book and you can have only a certain amount of food um, and it wasn't because the, it wasn't because we were um, short of food uh, it during that time it was it was to keep um, the, the nation healthy and to keep and to try and minimize the impact of uh, future shortages of food and, and, and statistically, um, British people were much healthier um, wartime than they have been since, um, because they couldn't consume too much fats and sugars and salts. So they were limited. Um, my mother was a classic example. My my mother never saw a banana until she was thirteen. My mother was born in nineteen thirty-two. Um, and so you know, it it it's really really interesting. Uh, so there, they've come out of the war. They've had the austerity of post-war Britain they've gone into the swinging 60s where everything you've never had it so good as I said right it, everything was we were manufacturing we were the, the hub of fashion music um, everyone wanted to be in London Carnaby Street Oxford Street you know um, they all wanted to be there the Marquee Club you know the Town and Country Club the um, Hammersmith Odeon it, it, it was all being there and um, the trouble was that that kind of um, uh, prosperity is good for the, like my father. I mean, my father used to say to him, I said to him, I said, Dad, do you ever remember the six swinging 60s? And Dad said, no, I had three children by the time 63 was around. So, um, no, he didn't. And so that, like, classes up. So my 
parents gener my parents generation they enjoyed and maybe a bit younger um, they enjoyed the swinging 60s and the excesses of the swinging 60s but there lies the word excesses so come 74 um, and 75 well, England was in at all sorts of dire issues okay we'd uh, we had two consecutive um, governments crippling the economy um, with its fiscal policies uh, we had the three-day week now I remember this I was only four but I remember the three-day week I remember no electricity for three days so you could only work for three days because the coal strikes and the electric and the um, minor strikes so the miners and the uh, uh, and the and the union strikes and so dad would only work three days and we'd sit at home in the dark I remember my father my brother who at the time was 13 no 17 sorry um, rigging up a car battery to put the radio on so we could listen to the radio and watch occasionally a few broadcasts on TV reruns of course um, it was cold the streets I mean you know everyone was on strike um, the streets were full of rubbish um, like John Lydon said a classic example I mean it's a lot of his a lot of his words are hyperbole but he says they wore the bin bag uh, in London as the punks did because there was so much it was what was on the streets it was mimicking the streets were full of rubbish because there was the the the, the, um, the garbage men for you Americans or the, or the trash men or the bin men where I come from all on strikes piled up everywhere so we, we were paying the price of excesses of the 60s and poor um, uh, governmental management and so the 16 year olds coming through uh, in the streets of London I mean high unemployment the highest unemployment for a decade in 76 um, and, and and so there are young men and young women um, who were disenfranchised um, didn't know what to do and at that time sorry just get some tea at that time um, music meant was everything it was everything young people now have no idea what it is what it meant to us and what it still means to some of us but what it meant to us it was everything you you would wait for top of the pops to come on the tv whether it was mimed or not it didn't matter you wait for top of the pops you could put on radio one or radio two actually i don't think there was radio one there it was just capital radio uh, possibly yeah i think there was a radio one but you might just burgeoningly young radio one um you know, you'd listen to Tony Vance. Well, I did heavy metal, but it was his heavy metal show. But there was others. There was the Robert Peel. Robert Peel um, was the voice of punk and 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 rock and roll. And so there was these young disenfranchised people thinking, "I need to get out. I need to make music. So I'm going to get out. Of, I'm going to get out of this place by being a rock star, being a pop star." And you, they looked to their heroes. I mean, the Kinks. We're talking about Americans, where the dictators are, are the are the root of punk in America. Maybe a little bit before then, in the UK, it was the pub scene. It was the it was the late '60s Kinks had that real London um, dangerous edge, and then you had Doctor Feelgood, Eddie and the Hot Rods. Uh, and I'm, honestly, guys, I'd really give you please go there and have a listen to any Doctor Feelgood, anything by them, anything by Eddie and the Hot Rods. I've got I, I just it is it's dynamic. It is, as I said, it's like the American version. So it's like the kids wanting the, the rebirth of rock and roll. 
Uh, again, uh, in the UK, we'd had in the early 70s um, a glut of progressive rock. Now, I love progressive rock, so I'm not going to have a go at it. Um, but the kids back then didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They couldn't. They couldn't um, visualize themselves in the in the same way that you would would say. You know, if you lie down and put on a, a rock and roll song, you could pretend for three minutes you're that that person. It was much harder for working class people and kids to listen to say ELP, Van de Graaff Generator, Genesis. You know, yes. I mean, I can name them a lot. You know, the ones, all of them, I love. It was difficult for them to sublimate themselves into that scene. So, it, you know, um, they needed to. They wanted to break down the class barrier. They wanted to get over the 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 Macmillans and uh, of this world. That's the prime minister at the time. They wanted to um, take back what I think they felt was theirs. Um, it wasn't art house. Although there is art house elements to UK punk, but it wasn't art house. It was something that was streets. It was, it was like the Cray Twins. Um, again, look into those. Uh, they were uh, East End villains. My father worked for them. Uh, he wasn't a villain. He just worked in their pub that they owned, um, the uh, Blind Beggar in the East End. Um, that's another story, and it's something that if you ever see Legend, uh, the movie Legend, that's the modern version of it. Um, interesting, really interesting story. But yeah, that's another side story. Um, and my dad was a hard man. So it was about bringing the street sound back, and, and interestingly, not to the mainstream, because I don't think I, I, I differently to the American scene, uh, British punks were not keen on sharing their little world. You know, um, them being at the vortex or. Uh, the uh, Hundred Club, uh, um, you know, in the UK, they or the you know the uh, uh, the um, any of the any of those sort of uh, early um, gig uh, venues that that were there, they they didn't want it. They want to share it. It was theirs, you know. It was their scene, and they discovered it and they'd made it. Um, you know, bands. You know, everyone says that they were there on the screen on the green when Pistols played, which was just up the road from where I lived, the screen on the green, actually. Um, uh, I don't know anyone that went there. I mean, I do know that Tony from Ruptured Dog went and saw the Pistols in a prison on the Isle of Wight. So that was an amazing experience. He wasn't in prison. You could just go and see them there. I don't, it's, it's a weird world we live in. But, you know, bands like... Um, uh, in the UK, I mean, the thing is, American bands is you can say you can name a few, but you can't name many, you know. But but apart from the say the Ramones, but if you ask someone to name British punk bands, um, then it, it, I mean I know because it rolls off my tongue. But people can name them hand over fist. Now I'm going to re refresh my tea. I'm going to let you listen to some adverts, and you can choose whether to buy any of the product or not or fast forward for them, whatever you want to do. And on the other side, I'm going to come back and talk about um, UK punk, because that's the thing that I'm most connected with, and the sound that they made. Anyway, uh, talk to you on the other side, guys. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back guys to Heavy Metal Tones. This is the second part of my punk episode. My tea is warmed up. I've actually got my Sex Pistols mug in my hand. Um, and uh, here we go. So UK punk scene. Of course, I'm going to be more obviously more UK centric. So please be you know, forgiving those Americans out there listening. Hi guys. Um, if you just don't like the UK scene, but you know, we're into American scene. I, um, I know a fair bit about the American scene, but this is, I'm going to talk about this one because it's what's um, more important to me. So the thing that people think about when they think about punk, if you would close your eyes and think about punk, you think of that London postcard scene, you know, Mohicans, leather jackets, studs, piercings, um, violence and pogoing. Now that is completely and utterly not the case. Um, yes, uh, the mid eighties, uh, late seventies to early eighties punk scene was that. But the glory of the and I was one of those. Uh, but the glory of the early punk scene was anything went. There was no uniform. You know, they wore ripped shirts. They, you know, I mean, as John Lydon said, he had safety pins in his pants because he had no bloody money. They had to use them to keep their pants together. Now, the Americans, so um, uh, the lead singer of television, 
uh, he would have uh, he saved the ripped shirts and safety pins uh, again I think his was art based whereas with John it might be a bit of a copy but he says in his biography that it's because he had no money and I'm going to like to believe that okay naivety or maybe not I'd like to believe it um, so there was no uniform anything went okay you saw people with um, brightly coloured hair there was uh, androgyny because it was you know coming out from that um, sort of uh, David Bowie era T-Rex who was another so I mentioned earlier was another uh, influence into the, pe- uh, the punk scene um, uh, it's sort of you know um, it was it was an interesting time because you know none of the kids that really made the scene and they were kids uh, were our house originally so you know the hundred club when um, they played the first pistol gig. Well, not the first pistol. The first pistol gig was actually on November the sixth, nineteen seventy-five. Um, but the hundred club, uh, where you know the Banshees played, and the Banshees played an awful set. They could, none of them can play. It was uh, and John Light, um, Sid Vicious, or you know, was on drums. Um, you know the Pistols played. There was them. Uh, you know there was. Um, I think the vibrators and uh, and I'm also going to think it was um, give me a second my brain has gone blur I just need to check welcome back guys so I had to just double check myself yeah so it was Subway Sect I couldn't get it in my head um, uh, the damned the nipple erectors um, and just a whole slew uh, Susie and the Banshees as I mentioned the Buzzcocks the Clash um, it was uh Great, I would imagine an amazing night. Now, the reason that that was such an important gig was just before then, um, the Pistols had played on a show in Manchester uh, on TV, and overnight, overnight, hundreds and hundreds of bands formed. The Buzzcocks formed, Joe Strummer left London SS and made The Clash. Um, they they all travelled down to to the seat of of, of rock and roll of, of what they thought was Year Zero um, in London, and all these bands just blew out out of out of nowhere. I mean, I my brother was in a punk band, you know. Um, I tried to be in one. Um, obviously, I'm not that first wave. Although my brother did spend a lot of time in and around um, Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood's shop on uh, in. Uh, uh, in London, in um, Chelsea, um, uh, called Sex. He had a shop. They had a shop there previously um, called Let It uh, Let It Rock, Let It Be Rock. And so it was about the Teddy Boys. And then they sort of um, Vivian really was the the um, the counterpoint for the image that was soon to come for Pistol. So you know. Uh, uh, T-shirts, as I mentioned before in a previous episode, where I had a T-shirt that, you know, had the uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, being gangbanged by, you know, Snow White being gangbanged by the Seven Dwarfs. You had um, the, Cam- the Cambridge Rapist. Sorry, that's a horrible thing, but it is the they had the Cambridge Rapist mask on there. They had, I mean, they used Nazi symbols um, again. They weren't Nazis, okay? They're offshoots that later on where there is skinhead movements. That's a different different thing, but I'm not talking about that. Um, uh, they were just doing it for shock, 
idiots, yes. It's something I don't condone, and I would never wear one, but they did, okay? Um, then you had, of course, all the artwork um, by um, by uh, the uh, Julian, um, who did all the um, who did all of the um, pistols um, imagery, like God Save the Queen. No, sorry, Jamie Reed. Uh, Julian was the um, Julian Temple was the one that filmed a lot of the gigs and made the movies. Uh, yeah, uh, Jamie Reed. Um, you know, iconic. You know, the Queen with a pin through the nose. Uh, you know, the simple uh, anarchic yellow and pink cover. Never mind the bollocks. You know, a classic thing about that is um, so typically British. Uh, you know, they got a lawsuit for using the word bollocks as it was a rude word. Um, bollocks is actually an old English word that means nonsense. And they went to court and proved it. And as John Lydon once said very aptly, um, I, the English language is how you, how you interpret it. Don't tell me how I'm using the word. I'll tell you how I'm using the word. And and that's and that's you know it's so John. Um, one second, guys. My battery's about to die in the laptop. I'm just going to go and pop off and get the cable. Wait for this seamless link. What an amazing seamless link that was. Um, I just realised I was talking for about 15 minutes there and I wasn't recording. Some days I shouldn't get out of bed. Anyway, so... As I was saying before, it was a, an amazing eclectic mix of of images, of musical styles, of technique. Um, not once, uh, nothing in the early fiery furnace of early punk where the music was raw. I mean, very raw. I love lo-fi music. So I, I, so I absolutely love early Motorhead, who is, let's face it, a kind of punk band. Um, I don't get me wrong, you know me, I love the delicious clean textures and, and depths of, of, of really well made progressive music and, and modern music, but something deep in my soul is viscerally connected to the three chord, dirty, four track, bedroom recorded guitar tumble. And you know, the, the great thing about um, the, the, the punk scene was the diversity of of the bands you know you had bands like the damned who released the first single punk single but there's contentious there because i'm stranded by the saints in australia came out a little bit before and they sort of and are a punk band how they got the same sound as the uk we're not sure because it wasn't really um uh, it wasn't really um but it wasn't shared, it wasn't pre-internet. Um, sad story about that is that they came to the UK to tour, and the UK punks, being the UK punks, who hated outsiders, they were very insular, did not like people coming into their scene, which is, well, I think, sort of probably what killed it off towards the end, um, was that they really didn't like the, the Aussies going in there, and they sort of cold-shouldered them, which is really sad, um, in my opinion. Anyway, so you have these diverse of these bands, you know, like The Damned, Okay, with an ex-gravedigger and Dave Vanyan on vocals and um, Captain Sensible with his beret and his sunglasses and Rat Scabies on the drums. Uh, you know, you've got the, um, one of my favourite bands of all time, which is um, the Stranglers, the Hugh Cornwell. I mean, they were much older. They were um, 
teaching students. You know, they were um, you had an ice cream seller uh, who was on <laughs> on the keyboards. Um, the drummer um, Jet Black owned a um, off license. Um, they had, you know. It, it, they were accepted though they were accepted you know um they had the vibrators as i said you know if you're really trying to find um the like like there's not all not all of it's good guys um like all metal is good i mean i don't really connect to the susie Banshee sound i've got their albums i have the first album scream i don't play it i'm not a fan I don't really like it. And it's not because it's a female singing, because you know me, that's not the case. I absolutely adore um, X-Ray Specs and Polystyrene, sadly, Polystyrene passed away quite some time ago now, maybe five to eight years ago, I've got to check. Um, and she, if you really want a song off of an album, and the album is uh, Germ-Free Adolescence, if you want a song that, that typifies the punk movement at that one moment in time is, I would say to you, is the world turned day glow. It's got saxophone solos. It's got almost inaudible lyrics from uh, uh, a beautiful, beautiful West Indian, uh, London-born West Indian uh, woman in polystyrene. Um, and it's just full of energy. All right. Um, you know... Uh, the Cure comes out from that 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 sort of early scene. Um, the Vibrators, as I said, um, you know. Then you have you, you sort of I could name so many. You know, Pete and Test Tube Babies. Um, I mean, I've got hundreds of punk singles because punk wasn't at that time an album-driven medium because they were making them quick and easy. The cheapest way to make them a song and to get it out there was to print it on a single. Uh, it was easy, quick. Most of the bands would stick there making the album covers together. I mean, the Stiff Little Fingers, I mean, there's a great interview. At the, uh, if you listen to um, Inflammable Material on Spotify, at the end, there's an interview with him, uh, with Jake Burns. Um, and he says that, you know, they would spend time in the back room of their house or the record label at um, Rough Trade, and they would be sticking the record covers together as the band. Um, so it was single driven because then you could do all the fancy coloured vinyls and the funny artwork and press them quickly. Um, I've got a pressing that of a vinyl of a single that I'd only made ten of, um, picked up for a pound. It is awful. It is absolutely awful. It's like six bands, six songs on one single, They're like fifty seconds each. These things. Anyway, I digress. So not everything's great. Let <coughs> me get some drink. Um, but there was so much diversity. You know, you have reggae and dub. The Clash are, are getting deep, heavily into their American Midwest and dub and reggae um, sounding. John Lydon, you know, when he left the Pistols and went to the Peel, was so, I mean, he invented electronic music. That I'm going to be, I'm going to put it out there. He did um, with with Peel, and you know, you, and it was all bass guitar driven, wasn't it, guys? I mean, you had Jake Bonnell, JJ Bonnell of um, the Stranglers, you had Jar Wobble of Pill, you had Foxton of the Jam, and again, again, Jam, another classic example. They're taking that 60s route, you know, they're playing Rickenbacker guitars, they're um, jingly jangly rock and roll, kinks driven, heavily kinks influenced, but with a fast and hard. One of the very first songs I ever learnt to play on the bass um, was uh, Going Underground. It, it, it's it's just delicious 
a delicious guitar a bass part to play actually um so where i'm coming from is that the diversity of uk punk is so greatly more than the american american counterpart because of the, the streets you know and the political issues and the and uh, like we mentioned earlier um it it did create that burning fire the sad thing is and, and as i was saying if you say I, I think the punk died in 1980 um it clearly did. I don't think it truly exists anymore as a medium. Um, yes, you have bands who play punk music, and you have American bands like Green Day who sort of think they're punk. Sorry, Green Day listeners. Um, and you have the American punky sound, and you still have the UK sounds as well. There were still UK punk bands. I mean, the second wave after 80 there was a punk that that i do sort of gray area because i love the exploited and the uk subs and crass um you know and um all that anarchic anarcho-punk stuff um that came out from that sort of 81 to 83 period um and again i could do a whole show on 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 that side of the punk movement i'm not going to like bands like, well, I will do maybe in the future, you know, bands like Zounds and things like that. Um, anyway, the reason I say it died in 1980, fellow listeners, is that John, is that Sid Vicious died in 1980. And to me, if anyone, I mean, I've got a big tattoo of him on my back, okay? I have a big poster on my wall of him. I have books, his biography, auto, you know, biographies and so on. The reason that I, people say, but Tony, he couldn't play his guitar. He was drugged all the time. That is not the case. He was drugged. He did take drugs. He fell in with Nancy Spungen. I'm not going to go over that story. His mother was a drug user. He was from that that kind of sad background. But he loved T-Rex. He loved David Bowie. He wanted to be... To me, he was the spark. The true spark. The true... Sorry, I'm gesticulating with my hands. The true... Um, wipe it up afterwards, I'm sure. The true spark of rock and roll. He really was. He burnt too fast. He died too young. He was never going to live past 21. Right? And and, and that's the truth. Because it, you, you, when you have a flame of rock and roll in you, that fiery and that hot... Um, it was it was going to consume you, and it consumed him. And in 1980, when he died of that overdose, when he came back out of Rikers, and his mother gave him that um, fatal dose that was too strong for him because he'd been clean in prison, it really did die. And I think we want to. I think we should look upon punk now as uh, in a historical aspect. I don't think we can look at it as a relevant aspect but more of a historical aspect because yes the world is in flux in flux all the time and i did say flux f u l x guys <laughs> it is in flux all the time you know politically emotionally and now with 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 all this social media crap um but it's not the same as it was back in seven, from 74 to 76 77 it just wasn't it isn't um and on that note so I'm coming to the end of the show and I'm starting to ramble. Um, please do go out and explore whichever form of punk you like. Whether it be American, whether it be the UK, whether it be Germany, wherever part of the world you're in. I'm sure that somewhere in this, wherever you were in 77, there was, or at 
78, there was a punk band playing. A band that was influenced by The Clash, The Damned, The Pistols, The Ramones. Okay, again, I didn't really check on The Ramones, but The Ramones are... I think they are truly outside of The Pistols, the two greatest punk bands ever to really face, to walk a stage. Um, you, you, people out there who are going to sneer and say all oh, about The Clash, all about The Damned. The Clash and The Damned, yes. Uh, very, very important. But the Ramones, along with the Pistols, are the real sound, the real energy um, of the movement. The Damned were the speed. The Clash were the were the, um, were the sort of were the way that were the band that could straddle America and take it to America. So that was the, they were important there. But the Pistols were um, nihilistic. And they were, and they had an image that was undeniably um, addictive, uh, and a sound that I mean, Steve Jones is still one of my favourite guitarists in all the world, and, and and Paul Cook on drums, eighteen years old. How's he playing drums like that at eighteen? You know, uh, and Steve Jones. I know he was copying Johnny Thunders. He even had all the moves, same as Johnny Thunders, all the slides, all the guitar, all the bits. They all do sound a bit like Johnny Thunders. Um, but you know what? He took it and he twisted it himself. Wore the hanky on the head, string vest, leather pants, sneer, spit and violence. Just, it's it's delicious. Anyway, I do urge you to go and listen to something. Don't don't just because it's not metal, sneer at it. You know, I know that, you know, there inter- you see interviews of uh, early metal, New Album, people like, you know, Steve, Steve Harris saying, oh, you know, because they asked us to cut our air short. Because it was, it was, it, you know, to get on top of the pops. Yeah, take that with a pinch of salt, really, because I'm sure deep down they probably enjoy a bit of punk. Most people do, even if it's the Offspring or something American like that, you know, that you can um, enjoy. And then, of course, off from there is Scar, but that's another episode, of course. Um, do as I said, have a listen, give it a go. Don't use your prejudice not to listen to it because I think you're going to find somewhere I mean I didn't mention XTC I mean XTC um, the greatest British pop band outside of the Beatles and they are a punk band um, you know uh, make some of the some of my favourite all time albums English Settlement Drums and Wires which again uh, side note sorry to go back and ramble back but Drums and Wires is the first time an album was recorded with the drums recorded in the mix ahead of the guitars so they they were it was more it was more drum driven, um, and lyrically, you know, uh, you you're not gonna you're not gonna find a better band, put a pop band in this world, I reckon, outside the Beatles, the next TC. And now I've said it. Um, anyway, I've rambled enough. I've gone on to thirty nine minutes. I really do love the medium of punk. I really really do. And I I hope I've enthused you in the subject. I'd like you to go on and have a listen um you know look i i know that you don't reach out i've not anyone so far in 43 episodes hasn't really reached out to me i'd love someone to reach out and say something and i am in the middle of processing and making a website um, and a facebook page where you can reach me easily but you can still go to my web my email me at heavymetaltones at gmail.com that's all one word heavymetaltones at gmail.com i will put the link in the description below and just let me know if you enjoy the show and please do try and um 
go on if you're on Spotify or on YouTube, just give me a rating, even if it's one star. It helps me reach more people, and I want to reach more people because um, I've got so much to say, much to, too much to give, and I'm really enjoying it. So uh, anyway, that's my uh, begging over and done with. So now I've begged. Now I'm about to go and uh, just sort of play some really loud rock and roll. Uh, maybe my wife's going to stick on. Never mind the bollocks. I reckon. I reckon that's. I think we'll get a good bit of spin now. Anyway, see you guys. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.